Oh, you want a beer? Yeah. Okay. Do you want one? Um, no, I don't want a beer. Why not? Uh, well, I'm kind of like, I'm off off the alcohol at the moment. I went a little bit too hard when I was in uh, Europe. Did you go to Europe? Yeah, yeah. Did I not tell you that? Yeah. I yeah. Did. I was quite quite recently in Europe. I was just there. I was um I was actually part of a uh, production. Stab, yeah, what, what did you do? Stab Highway. I don't know if you've heard about Stab. They're actually yeah. quite a big deal in the yeah. surf realm. Surf magazine, subscription based, surf content, surf. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't really need to describe it. Like I mean, everyone who listens to this knows what Stab is and good. how important a piece I am in the whole Stab um, puzzle. Stab puzzle. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I was over in uh, Europe. <clears throat> yeah, where did what did you, so where whereabouts? Um, did France, Spain, and Port- Portugal. And is it like a um, like a TV show, a content show that you made with Stab? Or what did you what did you do? Well, it's, it's called Stab Highway, and it's yeah. pretty much just well, what is it? Four teams of four surfers in each team, and we travel around doing all this stupid shit. Fuck, cool. Yeah. So you went. Who was in your team? Well, I can't say. Yeah, I, I can't. Oh. I can't talk about this because it's not. It doesn't come out for another like couple oh, of weeks. Oh, they're weeks saving that. They haven't even dropped it yet. No. Oh, no. so the powder's still. We're trying to keep it the, the dry here. The paint's still wet, mate. The yeah. paint's still wet. Okay. Yes, but um. So yeah, that led me to Europe. Mm. Um. So okay. that's where I've recently been, and that's kind of been consuming my life for the. When did I get back? Three and a half weeks ago, I think. Something like that. What happened? What happened that you can tell us about when you were in Europe? Well, like I said, I I probably went a little bit too hard on the on the alcohol, so yeah. that's why I'm not drinking anymore. What were you drinking every day? I think so. Yeah, I actually got gout got um, <laughs> over there. Got that was you drank very too unfortunate. Much. Yeah, it was just the combination of drinking too much and all the rich foods, and then also my genetics being yeah. terrible. So it was just that whole perfect storm. Just you know, the amalgamation of um, horrible shit, really, uh, entering my body. And then, yeah, gout kind of fired up on the first first day. And uh, What is gout? Is that in the in whereabouts in your body? Uh, I got it in my foot. Yeah. And then later on, I think on about day six, day seven, I got it in my elbow. Yeah. Fuck, they're two bad places to get it. Elbow, well, well, right on the hinge. Yeah, all, all parts of your body are pretty bad to get gout in. But, yeah, the elbow, like, luckily it was my left. You know, I'm right-armed, so... Oh, so you can still whack off. Yeah, not that I did, because um, that's for devil worshippers. Um, but I, yeah, I, I could still have... I still had mobility in my right arm, so mm. that was all good. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you go to Europe. Like, the food is extremely rich. Like, you have uh, croissants and escargot in France, and then in Spain you have, like, all the, the pinchos and, um, yeah, 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 you no, know, lo- things like lots that. Lots of people have been to Europe, though. You're not that many, not as many as you'd think. Well, well, I've been. I've been to Europe. No, you haven't. Yeah, I went three years ago, maybe four years ago. Yeah, but that doesn't really like it's changed so much since then. <laughs> it's like it's a lot. Di- like I mean, you know, all the buildings and shit are like thousands of years old, but like just the culture has changed a lot in the last three years. Well, how long Things are you going to keep going on about it for? Well, I don't know. I'm not actually sure what like the you know, acceptable period of time from when you can say that you've recently been to Europe, how long you can drag that on for, whether it's like, 
You know, like New mm. Year's, like how long do you say, like, oh, Happy New Year's to people after New Year's? Like, is there a set time on that? Obviously, yeah. at some point you have to give it up. Like, yeah. I, I stopped saying Happy New Year's around March, April, you know, like to people that I haven't seen. Like, yeah. if I've seen people within that time frame, March, maybe, April. Yeah, February. Fuck, you're hanging on to that. That's yeah, like, yeah, well, it's that's still like three months into the year. So that's a quarter of the year. So I, I feel like within that time frame, you can still say Happy New Year. So I'm just thinking, I can still say I've recently been to Europe. For another three months, three yeah. four months. Well, if um, if you just started rooting someone, and it's it normally takes about sixteen pumps before you have to say that they're your boyfriend or girlfriend. Is it sixteen pumps? 16 is it pumps. sixteen separate? Nah, pumps? nah, nah. Like, like sixteen times, or nah. is it like sixteen literal pumps during that one fornication session? No, nah, you'd say like she pumped me last night, and that would be one pump. So that's one pump. Yeah. Okay, so it's sixteen separate pump yeah. pumping scenarios. Yeah. And then after that, it's, it's, a, it's a relationship. Yeah, that, boyfriend. That's, that's quite that's quite a lot of pumping. Well, you got to establish, right? You got to that, that gives you the chance to get to know each other better, mm. get to know each other because uh, you got to hang out for like half an hour or an hour before the pumping, and Maximum, then ten yeah. minutes afterwards. You know, like there's like that, there's that ninety minutes of time. Um, so you just get it just it just gives you the chance to get to know the person. Yeah. So uh, uh, when you say that, does that mean you can speed up the process? Yeah, you like can if you did like say four or five pumps in one day. Yeah, and then so you could be in a relationship within three or four days. Yeah, I had a missus in uh, within twenty four hours once. That's a lot of pumping. Yeah, yeah, it was drug fueled. Yeah, yeah. drug fueled. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, oh, what yeah. the little blue pill? Yeah, heaps of soft entries because that's how I like to roll. Little but, blue pill. Um, yeah, just I'd still count it as each one of the pump though. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that has helped us and to establish how long I can drag this out for. Well, ma- I was thinking maybe if you took the rule of 16. Rule of 16. So could 16, be 16 weeks, days, 16, 16 weeks, weeks, 16 months. I don't think there's any real correlation between how long I've been back from Europe and how many times you have to have sex with someone to make them your significant other. Well, hey, look. Just, look, I'm just going to hang on for three months. I think three months is a good round number. Oh, that's a quarter weeks. of a year. Oh, that's 12 weeks. Yeah. 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah 12 weeks. Okay. Yes. Yeah, three months. So I'm just going to hang on <gasps> to that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hang on to that. And so I've been back for three weeks. I've got another two two months. Oh, roughly two you months. You do have two months of, of um, basking in the European afterglow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. And then also, I, I can—I'm pretty sure I can use the content that I've taken over in Europe for the next three years. Three years, absolutely. Three years, and yeah. your opinions and what you know, your, your local knowledge, the stuff that oh, I've learned from being in Europe. Whereabouts? You yeah. know, you can yeah. really. Oh, where, whereabouts was that? Oh, in Marseille. Oh, yeah. oh, well, I've never been there, but I have been to <laughs> Europe recently, yeah. and I was somewhat near Marseille. Exactly. You know, you're gonna love that. Oh, it's it's so good because I I came back with a wealth of knowledge. But it's so punishing for everybody around you. I don't care about everyone you know around that? me. Everyone has to listen to that shit all the time. It's like fuck up, man. But I want them to know that I have been away, which means I'm more cultured, essentially a better person than they are. Mm, that's what those people. Does think. it make me a better person if I've recently been to Europe? Because I understand if I've recently been to Australia, no one cares. Mm. No one gives a shit. No one gives a fuck if you've been Aussie. But it's the further away that you've travelled. That's mm. like it's a status thing. The further away you've travelled, you've actually dedicated some time and money. That's a three thousand dollar flight to Europe. And do you reckon the Europeans been like, "Oh, I've just been to Australia"? 
Yeah, I don't know if it's, I don't think it goes the same it's way around. Not as a, it doesn't come, eh? Yeah. Maybe they think that about America. I don't think they do been that to with the New US. Zealand either. No. Yeah, I've recently been to New Zealand. I feel more cultured for it. No. Like, no one fucking does that. No one says that shit. Nah. They're like, oh, I saw some cool mountains in a... I mean, what what do we got here? Oh, just overpriced food because we struggle. We wait, we're a little country way down the bottom of the world and used to use ships and shit to get everything in here and everything costs heaps and we've got fucking real shit housing. Well, how the fuck is it $20 for a block of cheese when we make the cheese down the road? Oh, you'd have to ask old fucking Chippy up the top, man. But anyway, this ain't a political podcast. It's a, no, it's a we, surfing we, we, podcast. No, we won't get into that. And I guess we need to acknowledge just the welcome to the podcast. Well, we haven't done one of these in, in quite some time. I mean, our schedules haven't really linked up because obviously you've been here in New Zealand doing absolutely nothing and I've been in Europe yeah. um, recently. So well, you don't get up till like 2pm each day and I go to work and work all night. Well, I'm just trying to live that European lifestyle and that's mm. something that I've brought back with me is just yeah. you push everything out. You wake up at 2pm and you go to bed at like 3am. It's just like that's your standard day. It's very European. You wouldn't know. You haven't been there. Is that why you asked my like wife that? if she had any tappers? Sorry? Is that why you asked for some tappers when you walked in? No, no, no. Not tappers. Pinchos. That's like oh, the, the northern Spain, northern Spain, like bar food kind of thing. Because your wife looks like a waitress, so that's Yeah, well, she's lived. I, I mean, it was just like a habitual thing. Okay. Yeah. So, so is this the kind of shit we can expect for three months? Well, no, I think the behavior is going to last for longer. It's mainly just oh, telling yeah. people that I've, I've recently been there that will last for three months. But it's the culture that I've brought back that will last a lifetime. Okay. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, thanks um, to all those people yeah. who have just just kept on prodding away, asking for for another podcast. I really appreciate every single one of you, six to seven people that have asked for it. So we're back, and I'm not sure how long this is going to last for. Yeah. Um, but hey, fuck it, we'll um, give it a give it a go. Hope you enjoy it. On the agenda today, um, first thing on the agenda. Uh, you wanted to talk about kookism. There's mul- multiple things under the, the brand of kook. Yeah. Um, where would you like to start? Well, uh, there was something that I wanted to bring up and talk about, and it's something that I really don't understand, because yeah. I'm not a kook. No. And we'll get to this other point, but I'm not sure if I've ever been a kook. Um, but we'll get to that point after sure. this first, first point. But... The whole thing with kooks, I don't, I don't even know if I should say kooks, but um, shit surfers, they really put an emphasis on wave count and the amount of waves that they get. Or how and many waves you get, yeah. Yeah, on wave count, that's what I've noticed through via social media because that's the only way I actually interact with shit surfers or kooks is, yeah. is via social media um, because I'd never fucking go anywhere near one in real life, mm. IRL. But they really put an emphasis on wave count. That seems to be a really big thing for them. Because you can kind of measure how well you're doing, like points in a basketball game or a pace on a, on a track. I can sort of say, I got three waves today. If my brother asks, how many waves did you get? Three waves? Sort of gives you an idea of how, how shit you were. Well, not really. I, I can see the point in saying, oh, I caught a whole bunch of waves. But surfing is more about quality over quantity. You could go out and catch, you know, half a dozen, a dozen, like, shit little, uh, you know, like, white waters or something like that. Or you could go out and you get two six-foot tubes. Yeah, well, that's normally the follow-up question. So if someone asks me uh, how many waves you get, I'd say four waves. Any of them good? 
is normally the next question. No, but we're okay. not even talking about no. the next question. We're talking about that first question. Why is there such an emphasis on wave count? Because it gets you to talk, get, lets you talk about surfing like you're a surfer without actually admitting that you didn't actually catch any good waves. I think that these people, these, um, I'm not going to call them kooks, these mm. fucking horrible surfers, mm. they don't actually know what it's like to be a surfer. So they think that maybe the good surfers are worried about wave count. And that's maybe something that we talk about, which is not a thing at all. I've never talked to any of my friends and been like, hey, how many waves did you catch today? Never, never in my fucking life have I talked about how many waves that I've caught or asked someone how many waves they've caught. It's just completely foreign. It's like, it's it's some other realm. It's it, I'm not part of this this culture. That's what it feels like. I feel like there's a subculture to surfing where all the shit surfers like kind of hang out and they talk about how many waves they've caught and and what kind of accessories they've recently purchased. Oh, there's heaps of like them, surf man. nerds. Like that's a fucking surf nerd thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, it re- it's I don't have the answer for you, um, but, and I must admit I do that a lot. Uh, I fit straight into this bracket. Yeah, but do you count your waves? Yeah. You, no, do you really, though? If you if you ever surf, which you seldomly do, yeah. do you come in and you'd be like, oh, you're writing your little ju- um, journal? Because I guarantee you, these fucking surf nerds, they have journals where they write down the surf conditions and how many waves they caught, no. thinking that this is going to make them surf better. Do you know how many people I know who do that? How many? None. None. Because I hang, no. around with, hang out with good surfers. Yeah. And good surfers don't do that shit. Good surfers just go surfing, have fun, catch your waves, and then go the fuck in. Yeah. You know, oh shit, how many waves did I catch? Like, well, how, how are you even supposed to count that? Do you have like, do you just notch it on your wax? So what, what what's the better thing for kooks to do? How can they get better? Should they just shut the fuck up? I think they should shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I think the very first step would just be shut the fuck up. Don't count your waves. Because mm. that's stupid. Because that's taking your mind off the important things in surfing, which is just the surfing part of it mm. you know so what kind of things can they focus on then if they're going out and they want to achieve a goal out there today and they're taking it as uh maybe a bit of exercise as well as they're looking to improve and it's not so easy just to have fun all the time if you're not as naturally gifted as you are so what is something that they might be able to focus on or are we getting a bit too surf coachy here no i, I think it's good to try and educate surfers in, in any way that we we possibly can mm. Um, I think just stop counting your waves mm. and maybe start... Um, counting your pedals. No, 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 no. One, two, no, three, I was going to say, just give yourself a, a a rating. Maybe rate yourself. You know, did I have... Uh, yeah. How much enjoyment did I have out? Did I have three stars? Did I have four stars? Come up with a rating system. Was it a, was, was it a five star? Because, like, that's what surfing's about. It's not about, you know, ticking boxes. It's about going out there and, and enjoying yourself. And I, I don't think that that comes in the form of uh, you know counting how many waves you've caught or mm. um, you know how many hours you've been out surfing like I, I understand that people may do that to try and have some kind of measurable statistic on each surf that they have but yeah. that's so fucking nerdy like yeah. that's so surf nerdy what about the, the financial nerds that work out the cost per ride have you seen them? Yep, that's the same uh, sort of shit. That's something out that of surf it. nerds would I do. Fir- I got four waves today. I brought my board for seven hundred and fifty dollars. Four on the total now. I've got sixteen waves. So all up, I'm spending about thirteen dollars a ride. Not bad. Yeah, no, no. There's people who do Let's that. There's people that. who break down all the numbers that mm. they possibly can, mm. and 
I don't know. Maybe, 3, maybe pedals, I'm being... Plug your iPhone into your hand. Yeah, there's that thing. There's got a the iPhone or Rip Curl. I've got a GPS watch, GPS, so you can yeah. see exactly how far you've paddled, how fast you've gone, all this sort of shit. And you know what? That's None quite of cool. it fucking matters. None of it matters. Bit of pace, though. Yeah, but you're going to be doing that shit anyway. Yeah. But you don't have to guess how fast were you going, but no one asks. Are you allowed to ask that question? How no, fast did you go? No, or how fast were you going on a wave? It's just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can go as fast as you want. If you don't fucking do anything, what's the point? How deep was your duck dive? How deep was it? Well, did, did you... Did, Get was under it, it effective? Yeah. Hey, yeah. was it effective? No. Oh, how fast did you go? Oh, uh, did you do anything? I got dragged backwards three metres and then tombstone a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's just the whole numbers game. Yeah. It's very kind of aspy, you know? Yeah. Okay, aspy. Okay. And so I, I don't mean that in a derogatory term, how you use the word Asperger's. I mean that in like like a very kind of um, calculated yeah, way. Yeah, bra- yeah. Like the energy, how their brains, yeah. their brains tick over and they're like very like Rain Man-esque. Yeah. Very Rain Man-esque. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can um, look to improve our kooks, kooks style there, I guess. I think I need to drop that. Yeah. And, and which leads me on to the other point that I had is when... Do you become a kook or no? What was it? it? Was like, is there such thing as a child kook? Well, we, what what is a kook? I guess we need to work out first. A kook? Well, is not someone really. We know we know what a kook is. A kook is someone who can't surf for shit. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll just put it at that. So That's can easy. an eight-year-old be a kook? Yeah, can an eight-year-old child who has just begun surfing can they be a kook? Is that can you call a kid a kook? I don't think so. I think kids are allowed to be kids and try to learn surfing without any sort of... Or is kook a bad thing? Well, it doesn't really have a lot of positivity surrounding that term. So you don't want to be a kook? Ideally, you don't want to be a kook. Even no. though if you just start surfing at 24, you're, you're labelled a kook yes. without choice yep. until you can prove you're not a kook. That's it. You start from the bottom and the bottom is kookdom. So am I a kook? Yes, you are. But we've been surfing together. And You've seen me catch a wave. No, but you're still a kook. Oh. You're a full-grown adult man, and you can't surf for shit. So that means you're still a kook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. But what I'm saying is if you were at this level, but you were, say, 9, 10 years old, would you still be considered a kook? I'd even be the best surfer in the class. You would be, even though you had, well, actually debatable. Probably not. Even yeah. though you had the exact same skill level. Nah. I think I'm free to be a surfer at 9. You're free? 13. Four, mm. probably more sixteen, man. As, no, but I'm, is it when you hit adulthood? Like when you turn eighteen, when you turn eighteen, does that mean you're legally able to now be a kook? If you're not surfing well enough at the age of eighteen, yeah, you're a kook because you've reached adulthood. Yeah, let's let the teenagers. Is it eighteen or is it twenty-one? No, I think it's. I think twenty-one's too old. No, you but can, twenty-one because like I guess it depends what country you're in. In the oh states, yeah. they like to push things out. Yeah. Like obviously, you can go to war at 16, but 21, you've got to so drink. You can drink, yeah. yeah. So is it like 16, you're a kook, or is it 21? Well, how old were you when you first had your first pash? Probably like 24. 24. Yeah. So that's when... With well, a girl. With a girl. Yeah, yeah. 25. 20, 20. 20, 25. 25. So that's too late. That's that too is late. too late, yes. But I was, trying, I was more meaning that's, you know, if you think about... Um, people again they start maturing into adults when they start puberty start getting sexually active start pashing with their tongues then that's normally normally around 13 i think so that's maybe where i thought 
maybe kookism could start, you know, when they start wanting to naturally be adults. Oh, look at you flirting with me. You know? So yeah, but maybe the, you're no, ready to be called a kook because you want to play with the big boys. No, but by that that age, you still you, you have those like through puberty. Mm. You have those, but you still don't have the the mental stability uh, to yeah. make decisions. That's why it's illegal. Yeah, and so when you're an adult, you have a more mature brain, so you can make decisions like, okay. should I continue surfing? even though I'm going to be shit at it, or should I just give this up because I'm actually not going to be any good at it because I am just a kook, you know? Okay, so what age um, should you become a kook? I think then, I like to stick in line with the human body and anatomy. I'm going to go 16 then. 16? Yeah. I think 16's too young. I'm uh, going with 18. I think in New Zealand, 18, you can legally vote. Yeah. And I think if you, you, should, you can legally vote then you should legally be deemed a kook if you still suck at surfing at the age of 18. But if you're under the age of 18 and you suck at surfing, you're just a kid trying to, to trying to learn to surf. And good on yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. No, I agree. 18. 18? Yeah. Yeah. I think we can agree on that. So if you're older 18 and you suck at surfing, you're a kook? Yeah. Okay. But if you're under 18, 17... You're just a surfer. You're, you're just, you're just a, a young surfer. Maybe not that good. You're just a young surfer who's trying to improve. You know, and everyone loves that. It's, it's like you, you want to you wanna, um, kind of push them and encourage them. Mm. But then once you hit 18 and you're an adult, it's kind of like then that's when you start belittling them for trying to do something that they gotcha. fucking suck at. And you're yelling because, out, because that's no, but that's 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 the kind of age when you actually start to have responsibilities, and and you need to you need to be a bit more serious about things, and yep. you you shouldn't be trying to surf if you fucking suck at you it. You move out of home. You yeah, know, you, you move out of university. home. You've, you've got you've got serious stuff to do. Mm. Like you can have a child at the age of of eighteen, or, or puberty, much but earlier, yeah. You know, like there's there's adult decisions that you have to make, and and one of them uh, has to be like if you suck at surfing. You, you either need to take on that responsibility of being branded a kook mm. or just fucking give up. Well, I think then there we go. I think we got there. I think we got somewhere. 18. Yeah, 18 years old. Okay. Is when you can officially and legally become a kook. Okay. Right. We've come to the awards segment. Oh, yes. Of the show, of the podcast. Yeah, this is my favorite segment. Well, okay. it's really the only segment we have on. It is the only segment. Um... Uh, it's an awards segment, and we give away two awards, the Natural Footer of the Week and the Goofy Footer no, of the Week. No, 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 no. You've got it wrong. What? See, this we haven't done the podcast in so long. You fucking forgot what it was. What? No, it's Goofy Footer of the Week. Oh, That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah. That's what the segment is called. Goofy. Oh, yeah. It's not called Natural Footer of the Week and Goofy Footer of the Week. No, it's you're not right. Even, like, it's Goofy Footer of the Week. We do have a Natural we Footer. We have a Natural Footer of the Week because, like I've said, there under has the to banner of... Yes. Yeah. Because there has to be, a, there, there has to be a, a, a night to every day. There has yeah. to be yin to every yang. Yeah. There has to be a, a down to every up. Yeah, and you've got to have so the opposite end where, of the spectrum. Yeah, the, you got to get the opposite end of the spectrum. So it's Goofy Footer of the Week. Which is top, top of the line... Um, the the best just absolute like like a god like deity figure, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone who's just excelled in, in whatever it is that they've done. Mm. Like basically, the sun shines out their ass, mm. just you know. Yeah, and oh, um, they like they got wonderful bodies, perfectly shaped nipples normally. Great like great coordination. Yeah. Um, yep. Scent just musky, beautiful odor. Um, and so this goofy foot of the week that we've chosen today. Is none other than the uh, outgoing, or not outgoing? What do you call it? Uh, the, yeah. the ex CEO the of departing. the World Surf League, the departing CEO, 
Eric Logan. Eric Logan. Yeah. Have you heard of him before? Uh, I know, I just saw the headlines around um, WSL parts ways with CEO. Yeah. So why? Well, he did some fantastic things for the World Surf League and professional surfing as a whole. Yeah. So what he did was he tried very hard to market and promote professional surfing to the masses yeah. to try and get it into the homes of you know, middle America or, you know, people who have n- never heard about surfing or professional surfing before. So that was his... Sneak it in the back door and lay it in the lounge. Yeah, get it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Trojan horse oh, look, it. there it is. Yeah, Trojan horse it into the, into the, um, the family homes of uh, just general muggles. Is that you know, what you're talking surf. about with this, this WSL product with the, with the tour and the, 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 the... What do you mean? Well, How's he, he done that? Well, he, he put he, he you know he tried to present these packages that were easily digestible. There was a reality TV show called The Ultimate Surfer. Okay. Um, I personally thought it was a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. But I'm sure there was a couple of people who liked it. So yeah. in that regard, I guess it is somewhat successful, okay. but also a steaming pile of shit. And then he did things like uh, uh he did the mid-year cut to create drama throughout the first half of the the world tour the first half of the season to, to create that drama um, which was also horrible because then it, it means that the surfers if they start off pretty shitty in the first half of the year it gives them absolutely no chance to come back in the second half of the year mm. like Gabriel Medina actually used to do on his way to three world titles uh, and then he implemented the the finals so instead, it used to be like a ratings-based mm. um, scenario where... Gave an opportunity for the comeback, King. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, it did. It gave an opportunity for the comeback, and he stripped that away. Stripped that, that away. That was always Ripped a very exciting thing, it. you know? Yeah. That comeback in the second half of the year. Nothing better than a solid comeback. Nah, everyone loves a good comeback story. And then he, yeah, he implemented the finals day, which was essentially one day where the top five surfers battled out and that decided the world title. So even That's if you'd right. won... That the, was piss poor. Yeah, so if you'd won the, the previous eight, nine comp, nine events, mm. but you'd lost the last one, then that's that's too bad. And too Steph bad. Gilmore came back from being fifth last year to take the world title over Carissa, Carissa Moore, who had absolutely slayed it throughout the year. And uh, She was and so, robbed. Yeah, she was robbed. So that was kind of a little bit fucked up. But yeah, okay. So he's so so they've have they sort of said, bro, you've had a few years now. You've had multiple decisions. Well, we don't know. No one knows. No one knows why he left. Whether he resigned or whether he was fired. Oh, he's um, probably like pumped someone he shouldn't have pumped. You know. Yeah, I mean, treated, you know, they always CEOs are dodgy. They are. They're very very handsy. Look, very handsy. Oh, I've every I've, CEO I've encountered be very handsy. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't CEO know whether his whether his hands were strained. Yeah. We we're not sure. I mean, there's always that that stuff that goes on like uh, below deck that no one hears or sees. Yeah, um, but I we you can tell by his face that he swept a couple of things under the rug. Eh? Look, you don't get to to become a CEO of any kind of corporation without doing some some sly shit or, mm. or be on the receiving end of some fellatio or something like that oh um, yeah you know we've all been there we've sucked. all been there yeah we've either had our dick suck or sucked a dick to get somewhere in life yeah um so i'm not saying he did or didn't do that but um, how i got this house actually. my main point is with all this horrible negative shit that we've just said about this man mm. is that he has done so much for surfing because w- with by doing all of this he's made the surfing world realize that it was so fucking good before he came along. 
you know, mm. because people were yeah. complaining about, you know, what's happening with professional surfing, where's it going? There's no drama. Yeah, there's no drama. It's a bit boring, blah, 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 whatever. And then he came along and he'd done this. He basically shat all over professional surfing. And he made us all realise that, hey, it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. It wasn't broken. Surfing no. was going the right way. And uh, and and it didn't need didn't really need a change, but it's good to have these bumps in the road, and also to to gain some perspective. Maybe. And I feel like that's what he's done, and that's why I've given him Goofy Footer of the Week because, in how he's done such a shit job, at the same time he has brought us all together. Mm. You know, because I feel like everyone shares in that same mm. disdain and and not hatred, but. Yeah, hatred for this man and what he's... Well, not this man, but for what he's done. Yeah. It's uh, it's been pretty shitty. So it's, it's kind of brought the surfing community and World Surf League fans together as one. Like a big community of, of whinging entitled cunts that we are as surfers. Do you think that there was any influence from Kelly Slater? Because um, he, he was just winning everything, winning everything. They're like, fuck, why does he just win everything? We need to change up the competition somehow and mix it up. And bring so then they brought this new CEO in to like try and fuck things up. Uh, no, well, because he was losing a lot before that. Oh, has he not been around that long, the CEO? Uh, maybe four years. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. maybe four years. I thought he was like 10 years deep. I think that. also Kelly Slater's 51 years old, so the whole age thing comes into play. But there's there's actually been rumours swirling around that um, Kelly Slater was going to bring the ASP back. The Association of Surfing Professionals, because a lot of people think like I like to call that the ASP. Yeah, you you would, um, but a lot of people think that the WSL like just devoured the ASP and kind of took over what the ASP was. But it's um, like Kelly Slater's had the 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 rights to the ASP oh, ever the since the W. It's never gone anywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, he's had the rights to the ASP ever since the WSL took over. And um, he's had he's had the password to the the website. He's got it in his crypto wallet. He's got all the the. So he can log in any time. He can log in any any time and just kick the ASP back into gear. Mm. And he's he's I actually had a look the other day at the ASP website, and he's disguised it as some like uh, what is it? It's medical um sterilization uh, products. Good on him. See, that's how yeah. you go stealth. Sterical metalization. Yeah. Medicalizing. Sterilizing medical tools. Medical and, I mean, if you go ASP.com... Because that's just cleaning evidence is all that is. Sterilizing well, it's, medical it's tools. definitely like some kind of smoke screen for what he's got going on. Because like, if you looked at the ASP a few years ago to be like, okay, there was, it was all very surf-based. Mm. But now it's just purely like medicinal instruments being sterilized. So there's something going on there. I'm, I'm just hoping Kelly Slater brings the ASP back. Yeah. Hires the right people. I think they could. he could overthrow the, the World Surf League and bring the ASP back into play. So, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. And ASP. I think that's going to happen. Kelly Slater's ASP tour. Yeah, it's the ASP, Association of Surfing Professionals. Do you have any... Uh, and I'd, I'd pref- appreciate it if you just, you know, treated it with a little bit more respect. I am. Mm. I love it. Um, natural footer of the week? Because you've got to have, you know, yeah, good uh, footers yeah. at the top. Who's the shit? Um, Who's the natural footer of the week. Yeah, natural footer of the week is essentially the opposite to good footer of the week. Yep. So it's just like just scum of the earth, just worst possible person, thing, entity, um, just real scumbag, like uh, kind of like uncoordinated. Um, High, bad hygiene, like ingrown toenails, stuff like that. Doesn't just, brush their teeth. Yeah, can't sing. Terrible kisser. Yeah. Um, reads the newspaper digitally stimulated themselves before they um you know 
um, showered. What? <laughs> Digitally stimulated themselves before they shower. Well, you don't do that when before. Like if you're a male and you're going to digitally stimulate yourself, you do it after a shower. Digitally stimulated. Anyway, the natural fur of the week, I, I kind of thought it was something, because I've recently been to Europe and I know there are a lot of people uh-huh. like yourself who haven't recently been to Europe. So I was just, natural fur of the week was basically anyone who hasn't been to Europe. What about anyone that goes on about being Europe from Europe, going to nah, Europe? Like nah. all those people that come back, I've been to Europe, and they post nah. those Instagram photos and shit, and nah, drag nah, their dick around really. the place when it really just smells like cheese. Nah. nah, not really. Like those people are all good because, like, you know, they're cultured and they've travelled and they've gained perspective on their life, mm-hmm. and and they can really come back and and bring their knowledge and educate other kind of more peasant-like folk about what it's like to travel to the other side of the world. You know, so yeah, natural for the week just. Yeah, anyone who hasn't been to Europe. And like I can't really I can't get along with those people just because it's it's like it's 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 like talking to an alien, like someone from another planet. Like we just don't really have anything in common. Like I've recently been to Europe and I've expanded my um my knowledge about life. You're a better and human shit, now. I am a better person than, yeah. than I guess, everyone who hasn't been to Europe recently. And you're not a blow-ass who just keeps going on about it. Nah. Well, so. I mean, I am, but I'm doing it for a reason. I'm doing it so that I can motivate and inspire other peasant people who haven't been to Europe to maybe, like, save up, you know, some money and get the fuck out of, like, New Zealand, uh, the shithole country that it is. Oh, yeah, but um, you just get taken over there and don't have to worry about doing any of that part of it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah but I just, I'm just... You just get sort of... Yeah, okay. yeah I'm just I trying to you. inspire people, that's but all. But they're the natural footers. They're the, the natural not. footers, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they're the natural footers. So okay. they need to step up their game and be better people by leaving this country and yeah. going and just broadening their horizons, doing some wanderlust, some travel. Um, okay. So that's I'm just trying to trying to just inspire people. Well, um, you mentioned on your uh, Instagram channels yeah. that um, in the podcast today you wanted to talk about surf fashion. So, um, well, I did. It's only because I, well, because I've recently I've been in Europe, mm. and over there it's the opposite of what it's like in the southern hemisphere. Over there it's summertime. Yeah, that's and right. I was surfing in in board shorts. Oh, that would have been and nice. It was. It was actually really delightful. I mean, you should. Get a rash sometimes. Um, Well, that's that's where I'm getting to with my point is that I did. I got a knee rash because my board shorts were too short, so I was getting rashed up on my knees. Um, Not the kind of rash up on the knees you get from sucking out penises. Oh, okay. Um, I knew that you were going to say something about fellatio, so I thought I'd just beat you to the punch. Um, But I was getting knee rash from the grip pad on my board, which made me think about the glory years of surf fashion. Which was obviously like the early to mid two thousands when board shorts were down to the middle of the shin. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you remember? Long remember baggy those shorts? shorts? Yeah, they were fucking weird. They, but great or they? I mean, it was such a just a bizarre time because while we had that amazing knee protection, it also set surfing back. I reckon. Below the knee, eh? I reckon 15 to 20 years. Surfing <laughs> regressed 15 to 20 years by having board shorts that were be- well below the knee. They were damn near at the ankles. Who do you remember surfing with the longest shorts? Everyone. Everyone fucking had them. <laughs> I had 
board shorts that because I, I for some reason I had size 36 because I thought oh, I'll get real baggy ones so they hang down past my ass and then I've got got them well so when past you're doing my knee. Turn, did you wear undies or did you man just... I was at Lakey Peak and Indo and I remember these shorts and fuck me I could like I couldn't believe that I could actually surf in these things uh, the amount of ways that I fucking blew by just tripping up on my shorts <laughs> when I was trying to take off was insane and that's all I just because I slammed on the reef like really badly and had to like I couldn't surf for three days because I tripped up on my board shorts and went over the falls and hit the reef. Okay, and this was when mid two thousands. Yeah, this was like early yeah early two thousands mid two thousands. Man, like, I I need to drag up some of the footage in the photos because it was it was fucked up. But I reckon it set surfing back at least ten to fifteen years. Because the nineties were cool. Surf fashion was kind of big brands right in the middle of your chest, which is actually back in fashion now. Yeah, nineties has come back. It's yeah. having a resurgence. It, there were some brands like Cuda Lines. Remember them? Mambo. Mambo. Um, and then and then that, that that was and they were a good length body. Um, even a bit shorter up the thigh at maybe earlier They were. On. I mean, the the early 90s, the, we were wearing board shorts the same cut, the same length as what we are now. now yeah. Because it made sense. And then it went slow. That's that's when it went big. What was the trigger there? It was... Limp biscuit. No, I think it was... Yeah, I think it was something to, to do with basketball. Oh, uh, you know, the whole 90s. hip... No, it was the whole hip-hop culture kind mm. of... Influence surfing in, in a roundabout way because all you know the whole uh, ur- urban urban rap culture all that was it's very bag- it was baggy jeans yeah. baggy shorts everything was extremely baggy so that found its way into into surf culture and that's how we ended up with all this baggy shit. So like, would you wear with your baggy board shorts? Would you wear your undies? No, so no, you'd get no your I, ass I don't out. think anyone wears un- underwear. So you'd get your ass well, out. Well, no, you try it. You try have it fitting around enough. your waist, but yeah, okay. it was the length of the, the board shorts was always about. well past the knee. Yeah, and I remember when I first started wearing board shorts that were above the knee. I thought I was like a bloody Chippendales male dancer or something like Felt that. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm showing way too much leg here. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've got good legs, so it's all good. Pins. But yeah. but I was yeah, I was just like, oh, this is a little bit fruity, isn't it? You know. It's interesting. And then, take. and then I realise that oh, actually, I can I can surf now. And you think I don't, that I, I'm not getting my toes caught around the the cuff of my shorts. And so there was a whole up. group of um, surfers in that era that were, might have been 17 to 25 at that time that could have been so much better. Yeah. And progressed much faster had they not been lassoed by their baggy pants. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. I mean. Who surfers, would have been the world surfers, champ at that time? Surfers persevered through it and, yeah. and made it through the era. If they were era. already good. Yeah, they if they were to... already good. But like mm. what I'm saying, those surfers who, like young surfers, kind of like myself or people just a little bit younger, like we had to fucking battle through those board shorts yeah. to become the surfers that we are. And yeah. I mean, who's to say we could have had another Kelly Slater if those board shorts had been at an appropriate length, just yeah. slightly above the knee. Yeah. You know? And... I guess the thing is because surfing is generally done in quite warm water. Like people are trying to seek the warm water. People mm. want to surf good waves in, in warm water. Um, so a lot of the surfing around that time was done in warm water, but with these horrible fucking baggy board shorts. Well, that's amazing. Interesting take. Mm. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a little bit about surf fashion and yeah. also the history of surfing. Surf, surfing. And, and where yeah. it could have been. Because I've talked about how Kelly Slater ruined. Uh, surfing for a, for a decade or so with his 
tiny surfboards during the 90s. Yeah, but, tiny little sticks, eh? You know, Fuckin people haven't really... Want to copy Kelly. Yeah, people haven't really addressed the baggy board short issue in the mid-2000s, which... Yep. You know, I mean, people know that it was a thing. And, I feel and like that I've it got pictures of the Irons brothers out the of Irons Australia. The Irons brothers, yeah. And they Big were, long shorts. They were doing it in Tahiti at a 15-foot chopu <laughs> with board, like board shorts down to their fucking ankles. Man, that Fashion. shit, like, it, that, if you look back at it now, it just makes it even more impressive. It does, You see actually. Andy Irons, like, airdropping into a 15-foot <laughs> wave. He probably wouldn't even had to have airdropped into that wave if he was wearing an adequate, pants, adequate yeah. length board shorts. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess because it, it did make it so much harder, it looks it's far more impressive. It looks far more impressive. Has the Speedo ever been in there? No one's ever adopted. It's never become cool, has it? I've surfed in a Speedo a couple of times. As a piss take, though? Yes, as a yeah. piss take. I, I'd never really consider surfing in a Speedo. Um, just because I'm a little bit self-conscious about my legs. Yeah. And also, I, I'm also a little a bit self- piece as well. Yeah, I hard. don't want my penis coming out of my mm. of, of my shorts or anything like that. You did list uh, on your Instagram um, that you had some questions. Are you happy to take those questions now around surf fashion? Yeah, well, I, th I thought we'd go into some surf fashion questions because I knew we were going to talk about surf fashion because okay. I think it's an interesting topic. I've gone through the, your account, yep. all of your DMs, and Jesus Christ, you need to clean that up. If anyone gets hold of that, you are fucked. Yep, you're but, right. Um, here were some of the questions. Wetsuit booties, yay or nay? Okay, so this was interesting because I asked about surf fashion. And then someone said wetsuit booties, yay or nay. And that doesn't even come down to fashion at all. That's not even fashion over function. That's purely function. Wetsuit booties are to keep your feet warm. And getting cut. Maybe well, you could walk yeah, out but, on a reef. But mainly, no, mainly, okay, they're either for reef booties. And if you wear reef booties, you are a little little bitch. Um, but they are to keep your feet warm. Like you right. wear them in wintertime. Because if you don't wear booties in, like, in the, you know, below 15 degree water temp, uh, your feet will like lose all blood flow pretty quickly, and they will turn into what feels like bricks. So you want booties if it's cold. Otherwise, it's practical only. Don't it, wear them it, for it's fashion. Practical. You do, do not wear booties for fashion. If you're wearing booties for look for fashion, just you've, you've got you've got some issues that you need to to work out. And don't wear them if you want to just protect your feet on the reef. Also, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Because it just looks weird. Yeah, okay. that, that, that so that part's fashion. Yeah, that's that's more fashion, yeah, I guess. So no. Yeah. But then if you do, like, because I actually used to wear them until I was about, shit. No, I think I wore them when I was 17. When Where? I was 18, I stopped wearing them because I thought, shit, I might turn into a kook. Yeah. Like, I'll look like a fucking kook. I'm 18 now. I have to actually think about looking like a kook. You must have been under a bit of coolness pressure growing up in Raglan, being a good surfer, because Raglan's so famous for surfing. And what do you, what do you wear? You must have had a lot of debate in your mind. I about don't know if you've ever been to Raglan and, and seen what people wear there, but there was no problems whatsoever about what I was wearing. Oh, okay. I never had to worry about any of those kind of pressures because okay. everyone there dresses like hobos, right. so there was no problems. But so yeah, it's like, not like I was the saying, where it's real cool. Yeah, it's not like the Mao is full of fucking hipsters and that. Nah, yeah. but like what I was saying is like when I was seventeen, I remember I was in Bali and I was surfing like Bingen and, and some of those reefs and I'd, I'd wear booties because I was just like oh I don't want to hurt my feet on the reef and then once I hit 18 like we were talking about before about like you're, you can be an upcoming surfer and you know gotcha. you're not a kook but yep. I hit 18 I was like fuck if I wear booties now on reef I'm going to be a kook I'm challenging yeah you're going to yeah. go kook status okay yep. sweet zinc on your face yay or nay 
once again, that's not fashion. That's some people wear that for fashion. What if you're wearing Do it to they? look like a cool I don't surfer? think anyone. I don't think anyone wears that for fashion. Apart from Australians, I've noticed Australians they it's wear Australian a lot. Zinc. They really wear a lot. They look like the Kardashians, actually. A lot of Australians, the they amount so hard, of yeah. like foundation-looking shit that they put on their face. But I, I guess they're out in the sun all the time. We don't yeah. have to worry about that so much in New Zealand because it's overcast 368 days of the year. Yeah. So I guess for Australians, they do have to worry about that. Um, but I think zinc on the face. Like just do whatever the fuck you can to protect your face from the elements. Um, yep. So zinc, whatever, man. Well, like wear an entire face mask. It doesn't really matter. A Crocs Just don't cro- get sunburnt. Oh, sorry. Crocs? Crocs. Crocs on surfers? Crocs on surfers. I don't, well, Crocs Crocs look fucking stupid. They do. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that, even though I wear Crocs basically every day. Yep. But they look fucking stupid. Yep. They do. They're, they're just hideous looking clog. Um, so your answer to that is Crocs, yes, but they look stupid. You've got to know that. No, once again, Crocs are not a fashion statement. They are purely functional, just like the last two things. Zinc... Booties and Crocs, they're all about function over fashion. Okay. So if you want to wear or use any of those things, just, just do it. But just know that when you do wear those things, you you will not look trendy. Okay. Another yay or nay? Long sleeve rashies. I don't even know. If, I guess people still wear these. I haven't worn a rash in a long time. Uh, I'm just opposed to anything that's kind of fitting, like spandex or something like that. Um, you just I wear a t-shirt when you're in water. I just water. wear a t-shirt, yeah. What do you wear a t-shirt, t-shirt for? Uh, I just like a loose fitting. So that you're sun protected yeah, on your back? Yeah, for sun protection, yep. Um, not to be cool? Nah, nah, not to be Is cool. Is there a little bit about it that's cool? Not really. I just don't really like wearing something that sticks to my body. But a wet t-shirt, a baggy wet Other- t-shirt is hard to, like, it does stick. No, it doesn't. Doesn't it? No, it doesn't stick. Well, otherwise, otherwise I'd be wearing fucking tight bloody shorts, wouldn't so I? So it doesn't like flap and like get caught nah. up around your arms. You don't even notice it. If you're wearing a, a really baggy t-shirt, yeah. But that's why I usually wear a t-shirt that's like a size smaller. Do you really? Yeah. So you'll wear a large. Yeah. I'll surfing. wear a large t-shirt surfing. To protect yeah. yourself. So. So okay, interesting. Yeah, but but by your theory, you're saying okay, I might well, wear a large t-shirt when I go surfing now. No, but like I don't wear rash shorts, do I? No. No. They would be funny. Yeah. Under your boardies? Some people <laughs> do that. They wear No, they wear like wetsuit shorts under their boardies. Mm. Which th- I think that's kind of fucking stupid. If you're going to wear wetsuit shorts, just commit to wearing wetsuit shorts. Is that you to kind of hide the dick in the butt? I think it's just... Well, it's, it's, it's a shame factor. It doesn't make any sense because it's like surfers are so used to wearing like skin-tight things like a wetsuit, wetsuit right? Which is all cock. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, sorry, that's just all but, I see. But that's why it's nice to wear board shorts because it is free flowing. You let your genitalia fly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so long sleeve rashies. What's your what's your answer? Practical. Oh. They're just that's the. No, they're practical. Yeah, they're practical. I mean, they look. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't wear one because yeah. I just wear a t-shirt. I just yeah. don't like the the tight fitting, the clingy. So each to their own. Thing. Each, each to their own. But no I, again, again, yeah, no diss. I just think there are some things in surfing that have great function, and they look shit. And I think rashies are one of them. Uh, fall under that. <laughs> they fall under that category. Okay, here's a not yay or nay. It's more of a uh, proper question. Why do surfboard? Uh, so, sorry. Why do surf brands use models for the women's clothing, but the pro surfers for the men's clothing? It's a good question. Why man. do they do that? Why do they use when they're selling their uh, 
branded clothes. They often use models for the women's clothes, not surfers, just models. And then for the men, they normally they never use just random models. Normally, it's pro surfers. Yeah, I don't know, but that's pretty shit for the guy models, you know. Like, well, think about being a guy model. Here. Is this true for one? Well, no. Just think about yeah, it's kind of true. But think about being a guy model and be like, oh no, these pro surfers who are not even professional models. Like they're not even good at the job. They're taking jobs away from the male models. Is I reckon that's fucked. Yeah, and is it because... Like, that needs to change. Is it because that the male surfers are mostly already quite hot? Nah. I, I mean, I don't think it's got anything to do with, like, how physically attractive, like, the male or female surfers are. Hold on. I, I just think that the surf industry and the surf brands need to actually think about, you know, the livelihoods of these, you know, professional models and shit who are just being shunned from the surf industry... You know, why? So hold on. They sponsor women surfers, though, all the time, these yeah. brands. They're yeah, no, but they, they sponsor the women surfers and they get female models in to, to shoot the the, bra- the the catalogues and, you why know, don't go they the use photo the shoots, but why they don't, don't, they don't do that with the men. I'm, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, well, you asked the question, right? Why do surf brands use yeah. models for women's clothing but pro surfers for men's? Yeah. Is it because the women in the surfing are not that hot? Or I don't know what not that's that good? Got to, I don't know what that's got to do with it. Well, why why do they use models for women's clothing? Not why do they use models? Yeah. Well, because they've got their professional surfers, right? Yeah. Who are fantastic surfers. Yeah. And then they've got the professional models who know how to wear clothes. Oh. Like, they do it professionally. But for the men, they're just like the brands are just like, ah, uh, you know what? We're already got these guys. Like we'll just use them. You know, it's kind of like they're not even worried about like men's clothing or something. To be fair, maybe it's because of the way we consume. I don't need to see someone that's really hot and sexy and perfect looking in the clothes for me to want to buy it. If I just see you wearing it because you're a primo surfer, mm. then I'm like, I want what he's got. But chicks, they can see her rip surfing up, you know, whoever the pro surfer is, and they think, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm just a girl. And then, but then they see a hot, beautiful woman wearing it, and they're like, oh, maybe I could look like her if I just wear it. I don't have to be that skilled to do it. There's the aspiration level. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, well, I just don't see why they can't do it for both, you know? Why can't they hire the professionals to do the job in each thing? Like, you have professional surfers who are fantastic at surfing, then you have professional models who know how to how to wear clothes and look correct mm. in front of a camera. Do And do I'm just saying that maybe the surf brands need to actually think about getting some professional male models to do the, the men's clothing. I'm actually starting to think about the surf industry compared to a lot of other sports. The people are quite beautiful. Yeah. Across the board. Are they are they sponsored? Is there people out there that are sponsored surfers that are actually shit at surfing? No, nah, there's no way anyone in the surfing industry would do that. That would just cheapen the whole surf industry if they were going to sponsor um, and endorse these athletes who weren't really athletes who were just good-looking people. Models first, build there's the athlete later, get the canvas right. Because it's like Ed Sheeran, you know, wonderful singer, but you get a little bit unlucky with the visuals. So you're thinking that you start with the you're s- thinking the that they didn't sign Adele, Ed Sheeran you know? 
you're thinking they didn't cite Ed Sheeran or Adele for their looks and then build them into the singer that they are. Well, with Adele, the they got there eventually. Because it's, it's, so, it's hard to tell sometimes. It's a chicken and the egg, you know? Mm. It's hard to say. Did, did they pick Ed Sheeran for his looks and then cultivate his performances and his talent, mm. you know, afterwards? Mm. And same with Adele. Or was he already a talented musician and then they were just like, hey, look, we're just going to promote him. You know, it, he's got the whole package. Yeah. He's good looking and he can sing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's hard to tell with some of these like, beautiful like people. Like Gabriel Medina. Where, which one was he first? Exactly. Because you look I at him. I wouldn't know. He is like a fucking South American hunk. He is a babe. Yeah. He's he's hot as little, fuck. He's little. And he surfs pretty good too. Like he's got the full package. But like you said, which one came first? I don't know. Yeah. What? What? Why did they sponsor him? Do they sponsor him for his looks or do they sponsor him for his talent? Yeah. Because it's hard to tell because you don't know what goes on behind closed doors with some of these training programs and training centers that they have. Like in Australia, they've got the Elite Athlete Performance Center where they can, they can just take like a hot kid and and put like just any kind of like hot looking eight or nine year old in there and then just kind of whack a few drugs in them, pump them, you know, well, get no, them going. Well, no, not to that level, but they can really push them hard Okay, and create. I guess uh, an elite athlete out of a hot kid. Good enough. Yeah. Because all you need is some Instagram shots. You don't have to. Like, I mean, they that's the thing. You don't have to be the upper level. Like, if you build your your profile and your brand, then that's going to take you a long way. And Amazing that's that, that that's one of the positives about being hot. So, an answer to that. You know, question. anyone can get good at becoming an athlete or a surfer, but not just anyone can be hot. No. So I hope that answers that question. I think we um, yeah. beat around the bush a lot there. And no, I think it. we answered it pretty fucking well. It's the best way I like to handle things, though. Yeah, beating around the bush. Yep. Uh, but I think that's that's it for the podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, that was that was good to just like rip into it. We haven't done one in a long time. No. And I just hope that what we have said on here has really helped people, um, um, enriched them. Uh, hopefully they feel better about themselves, more enlightened, uh, more educated than when they, um, before they, they watched or listened to this podcast? Re- leave a comment because we, we watch them. We, we look at them. I love I love comments. And uh, they affect love us. Them. They affect our daily lives. I really like to take in all comments and just, yeah, just live my life by Truly. those comments of strangers on the internet. And people think that I, like we ignore them. They don't. don't. They sink in. Yeah. Um, some and of them hurt. Do you, yeah, do you have anything to say to all those people that call you feces still? You should have seen them when I got called feces the other day. <laughs> Did you get called feces again the other day? <laughs> oh, hard out. Yes. I was with. Um, this is why I did that. This is why I created that series and called you feces because I knew it was going to fucking stick like shit to a wall. I was with my work mates um, at the TV thing, and they uh, they this car pulled up across the road. And these two dudes out the window yelled out, feces, feces, pointing at me. And I was with people that, like, think they were, um, you know, they're celebrities in New Zealand because I'm their cameraman. And they originally thought it was they were yelling at them. And they were like, feces? Why are they yelling feces at me? And the, the, these... Um, Better yelling feces and throwing feces at you. And then, but then they sort of had to go, what's on? But then my other friends there goes, no, they're yelling at Luke, me. They're yelling at Luke from the Raglan Surf Report. He's feces. And everyone's like, what the fuck? People call you feces? (laughs) 
had to try and explain why they call me feces. Yeah, that would have been an interesting one, eh? Fuck, so people yelling feces at me in public causes a lot of drama. Yeah, it's embarrassing that's... with my wife and my kids like in places. Because your, your followers, they don't give a fuck. They think it's funny. <laughs> of course they do, because it fucking is funny. And that's what I knew would happen. Feces. And that's why, yeah, I thought, hey, if I call you feces, then it's a um, bit of a it'll nickname. stick. I like it. That's a good one. I love it. Who, who were you with when... Um, I was with... Well, gee, I, I feel bad saying their names. They probably don't watch it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. They were just standing on the side of the road. Just, you, people, people wouldn't know them unless they're um, New Zealand, New Zealand, yeah. New Zealand TV. But uh, yeah, they're standing there. We're outside the TV studios because I'm a cameraman for the for their TV show. And feces, feces. Yeah. That's fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I just get raglan. People just call me raglan. Raglan? Do yeah. they? Yeah. Do they? Do you get yelled at? Yeah, I get called raglan. It's fucking annoying. How often do you get noticed in New Zealand from Raglan Superport? Oh, I don't know. I don't really leave my home. Although you get, you'd be, you could, you could be recognised for a number of things though. So raglan. Mm. Yeah, raglan. I guess it's. Better than being called feces. Oh, feces is the worst nickname. That's why it's the best nickname. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. It's just a massive put down that people yell at you. Feces. Hey, yeah. shit. Yeah, shit. Yeah. And from from people you don't know. Oh well, we might have to start <laughs> a, a new fake blog and give you a different name. No, nah. Stick with feces. I like. All it. right, that's the end of the podcast. Later. Uh.